of all, before we get started, what's your name? Uh, Vincent. Vincent. Hi, I'm Peter. And I love people like you, because we met in the parking lot, you were nice, you were here early. I just want to say that, so here you go, my brother. And as athletes, right, if you're on, if you're on time, you're late. So I just want to ask everybody to stand up for a second. And please close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart. I want you to go back to a moment in your life that everything, everything was amazing. Maybe you won a competition, maybe you had a baby, maybe you just fell in love, made a great business decision, bought that car you always wanted. Just go back to that moment for a couple of seconds, and while you're doing that, take a couple of deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And slowly, slowly come back to this room and have a seat. How did that feel? Good. Good, right? We all have amazing moments in our story of our lives. And uh, before I tell my story, I just want to read a poem to you that I truly love. It's from a teenager who wrote this, and I think it's brilliant. Some of you might have heard it before. Uh, so please bear with me. Today was the absolute worst day ever. And don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day, because when you take a closer look, this world is a pretty evil place. Even if some goodness does shine true <coughs> once in a while, satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart, because true happiness can be attained only if one's surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control, and you'll never in a million years hear me say, today was a very good day. Let me now read the same poem from the bottom to the top. Today was a very good day, and you'll never in a million years hear me say, it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be attained because it's all in the mind and heart. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine true once in a while, even if the world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me today was the worst day ever. Interesting, right? It's the same words. And this is something that I study, mindset and success. What is the difference on how we look at things? And how do we create a good life? Today I want to share three stories and I want to start by asking you the question, 
who would you be without failures? Who would you be without failures? I can tell you who I would be, and I want to tell you this, so maybe, because nobody here knows who I am, and we never met before, but just like you, I've gone through a lot in my life. I used to be bullied, I used to be fat, I used to be short, still pretty short, <laughs> and I used to have low self-esteem. All of these things has been a blessing in my life, because by being short, I had to work on my personality. By being fat, I had to train and become a world medalist. By having low self-esteem, I had to start reading, learning stuff, so I could become better, which made me write four books, start a podcast, developing my life. The first story I want to tell you goes back. I grew up in Sweden, so I'm an immigrant. And first story goes back to 2011, the national championships in karate. I was a favorite to win that day. It was October. What no, nobody knew was that I was going through some things before this competition. And I went there, I fought on the competition where I was supposed to win. What do you think happened? I lost. I lost to my best friend which kind of sucks too, <laughs> and I didn't even medal. So here I was, the champion, I was supposed to be winning, and I didn't even medal. And this was also one year before I was going to the world championships. So what should I do on a world championship if I can't even medal on a national championship, right? The most interesting thing that happened to me that day was seeing the reaction in my, my surrounding. Because you learn a lot from losing. And the funny thing was that a lot of my friends <laughs> and my teammates, they, they kind of, they were like, oh, too bad, Peter. But I saw in their eyes that they were kind of happy. Have you, have you experienced that sometimes in your life? Like, and for the first time in my life, I told myself, I'm not gonna do any excuses. Because I was very good at that. If I lost, it's like it was the referee's fault, right? Or I didn't sleep well. Or I, I had to sit in the back seat driving to the competition. Or uh, the draw was bad. We are all very good at finding ways why we weren't performing, right? So what I did was quite simple. I said, I'm going to shut up. I'm just going to look at my surrounding and see what happens. This lit a fire in me to go back to the happy kid. Because once I, when I started karate, it was not about winning. You know when you were kids, had a passion for something? You do it because you love it. And then somewhere along the, along the line, you start thinking about performance. And that's great, but don't forget to have fun. During that year, 
had a lot of time to train, to think, and to see my surroundings. And the one thing that I learned from this failure was you are not your performance. You're already worthy. I've done about 170 podcast episodes with people from Brian Casella to Ryan Serhan, Leona Machid, like all kinds of amazing people. Most of them are just like me. They start out, they want to be really good at something just so they can be loved. Like, you feel, I accomplished this, now, I, now I'm successful. But forget about that. Because once you reach that goal, you're still not going to feel worthy if you're not feeling worthy where you are today. You are not your performance. Remember that. The second story takes us all the way to Sydney, Australia. About three weeks before going to Sydney, Australia, we had this local tournament for Scandinavia. Some of the best fighters were there. And I performed really, really good. I won the tournament, and fight, fighters that I've always had a hard time with, I won. That's really good for your confidence going to a world championship, right? Feels really good. I felt so good going to Australia, competing at the world championships. We went to Sydney. Karate wasn't at Olympic sport at the time. It's going to be now in 2020. So we competed in the Olympic Village. I was super happy. We saw kangaroos. There were beautiful girls there. The beaches were nice. And leading up, everything was perfect. I felt so strong. And I almost felt so strong. Any athletes in here? Yeah. Have you felt so strong that you're on the verge of becoming injured? In sports, you call it super compensation, right? Because it's so close between performing at the best of your abilities and being injured. And I felt that way. I almost injured my teammates during the practices because I was so in such a good shape. The night before the competition, I go up to the, we stayed in a hotel in the Olympic Village and I went up to the highest floor of the hotel and you could see from far the Sydney skyline and I wanted to be alone for a little bit. So I started taking a couple of deep breaths, looking out, visualizing how tomorrow is going to be this moment that I've been waiting for for 20 years. I told myself I'm, I'm gonna compete around noon. I've mastered the way of warming up because believe me, I've done all kinds of shit that didn't work for my performance. <laughs> so I mastered that. I knew I need 45 minutes to warm up, to be ready, to perform. So, go to bed. It's always a little bit hard to sleep before competing. I don't know if you guys have felt that for something important. Just like coming here today, meeting so many new people. Because you want to do good, right? So I think it's good to be nervous. For me, I love being nervous because it means that I'm serious. Time I'm not nervous about doing stuff, maybe I should change what I'm doing. <coughs> so, anyways, we go to the arena that day. My father is there, my mother is there. They came all the way from Sweden, and my mom, I've done more than 100 tournaments, and my mom has never been to any of my tournaments, even if they were in the same city. 
but she came all the way to Australia, uh, which was super fun. My uncle lives in Australia. I'd never met him, and they came, and my dad hadn't met his brother in 20 years, so it was very emotional, and they came, and we hugged, and I knew it was, it was about 10 a.m., let's have coffee, so we went to the sports cafeteria to have coffee, so we sit there and talk, and my coach comes running to me and say, Peter, you're up in 15. Look at my time, did I lose my time? It's only 10.50. No, Peter, you're up in 15. And I'm like, fuck. What happens now, right? I'm up in 15, what do you mean? I just had a coffee, I gotta go to the toilet now. <laughs> but a champion doesn't show that, right? You show composure. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm grabbing my black Adidas trunk. I'm trying to walk as fast as I possibly can to the dressing room without looking stressed out. And I see all these guys warming up in the warm-up arena and they look really good. And I need to go to the bathroom and also <laughs> gonna find some of those guys in 15 minutes. And like, I have all this conversation going on in my mind, like, fuck, shit. I didn't train for 20 years to come here and lose. And I don't know if you've been in a similar situation, but it's very easy to go to that place where you agree with all of that, right? It's fine if I don't perform. I mean, it was their fault, right? But nobody really cares about that at the end of the day. This is my moment. I've been training for 20 plus years. I get dressed and start warming up a little bit. By now, I'm pretty sweaty anyway. <laughs> so, and then I hear them say, Peter Jumrukovsky, next fight. That means I'm up in two minutes, basically. And, okay, uh, sounds like, what do I do now? And I made a decision that moment that changed my life. I said, I can, it's very simple. Either I say, hey, it's other people's faults. I didn't perform, I lost, that's, and be a loser basically for the rest of my life. Or I say, hey, it doesn't matter what's gonna happen right now, but I know one thing, I'm going to perform to the best of my abilities with no regrets. And I made that decision. About an hour later, I was a world medalist. Damn, that Becoming a world medalist, it's a mix of training for 20 years, having a little bit of luck, and being a phys great physical condition. There's a lot of things that goes into that. But the, the, the number two lesson that I learned from this failure was act on the conditions you have. Always act on the conditions you have. Because it's never going to be perfect if we talk about real estate, like, oh, everybody wants to sell a mansion, right? And this, and a buyer comes in, and it doesn't work like that. Or meeting the perfect partner, or starting the amazing business that you guys want. It's not gonna be like that. It's gonna be messy, it's gonna be shitty. But the, what matters is how do you act in that moment? 
most people will stop. But the people that continue and have a good and clear mindset, they will succeed. It's actually easier at the top sometimes because most people give up by themselves. I don't know if you knew that. In their mind, they're, they're already lost. So just by coming there, sometimes you're a winner. About three weeks later, so we, we had about a week more in Australia. It feels really amazing to accomplish a big time goal and being in a beautiful country, enjoying life. And so I was super happy. It was November, we went back to Sweden. I was working in sales at a company similar to Groupon, and three weeks later, right before we're going in Sweden, everybody takes like three weeks during the Christmas. <laughs> so December 19th, I remember, I got the call. Hey Peter, uh, thank you for your time, but you're fired. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, you did a very good job, but the product isn't making any money, so thank you for your time. Said, what? I was a world champion and now I'm fucking here. And this happened within three weeks. This is now life is going to be good, right? But I'm here right before Christmas. Okay, dude. Looking at my bank account, can I afford a Christmas present? And this is something that this was a moment in my life. I knew I was never gonna stay there forever, let's be honest. But it was Comfortable, right? Had a very comfortable job, made good money, and I could train as much as I wanted. But I was a little bit sad. And you know, when you fail, how long does it take until you start again? That's something that I thought a lot about in my life. Because you probably have an uncle or a mom or a dad who's who, who said, who say sometimes, oh, you see that house? I could have bought that for 50,000, and now it's like 500,000. Have you heard that story? No, yeah. 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 <laughs> or, I was really good at sports, son, but then I quit. Have you heard that? Yeah. Like, I had this opportunity to start a business, but you know, it wasn't the right timing. It's never the right timing. And sometimes you gotta get fired in order to get that help. So I got that help and decided, hey, I want to do something cool with my life. I want to help other people. I want to go out. I want to speak. I want to talk about goal setting because that's something that I'm really good at. So I said, I'm going to do public speaking. How do, you, how do you become a good public speaker? How do you get gigs? I talked to myself. So I looked and did some research and I saw most people have written a book, you know, because then people will think I'm smart. Right? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll try that. I did. I enjoyed writing, so I, I googled how to write a book. When it's like, yeah, just write. <laughs> Pretty basic. But how long is a book? So Google said, if you write 100 pages in Times New Roman size 12, that's gonna be a book of about 160 pages like when you print it. And I never really understood it. How can 100 pages become 160? But it's a smaller format, I learned later. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking write a book and I'm gonna write about the process I use to become a world medalist and the process I've learned not from other champions in life, not something that I made up myself. 
So I told myself, I'm going to start tomorrow. I had a very beautiful library in my hometown. And I'm going to write it in 40 days. So I said, I'm going to write 100 pages in 40 days. How many pages a day is that? Three? Who said that? Yeah, it's two and a half to three, right? So I told myself, I'm going to go to the library and write two to three pages every day. Is that possible? Can you write two to three pages on a subject you really are passionate about? Yeah, it's not that hard, right? If I tell you, hey, here's a thousand bucks if you can do it in two hours. Hell yeah, right? I told myself, this is what I'm going to do. So I went there every single day, and the process is pretty simple. What did I tell you? I had the goal, right? I wrote down my goal. What else did I do? I broke it down. I knew exactly what to do every single day. And what's the third thing? You do it. Yeah, do it, right? Just fucking do it. That's what I did. And let's see how many pages it is. It's actually, it's 161 with the afterword. But I wrote that after. <laughs> So just the third lesson that I've learned is just to question in your life, who would you be without your failures? Who would you be without your failures? Yeah. I see myself, still this single, shabby, short kid with low self-esteem that people made fun of, you know? That's who I would have been without my failures. Who would you have been? One last thing I want to ask from you before I leave. I want you to pick up your, take out your phone right now. Open up an email to yourself. <coughs> if you want to CC me, that would be awesome. Info at ilsuccess.com. And in that email, I want you to write in the subject line, best news ever. And in parentheses, you write, don't open, open until 12-31-2020. Then you write, hi, Peter, or your name. Congratulations on accomplishing your goals for 2020. Then you write down, three main goals you're going to do this year. For example, sell real estate for at least $30 million, getting married on the beach, and run a marathon, whatever it might be for you. And under that, you're going to write a reward that you're going to give yourself. If it's a trip to Hawaii, if it's a week off, if it's starting a podcast, or whatever it might be. And then you address it sincerely, your biggest fan. And any optional emoji, you would like that. Wait, do what now, right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one more time. The email is, uh, the best email of the year, in parentheses, the subject line, don't open until 12-31-2020. 
and you say, hey, for example, Peter, congratulations on accomplishing your goals, 2020. You write down three goals. You write down a reward you're gonna give yourself. And you address it sincerely. Warmest regards, XOXO, whatever you like. Your biggest fan. And just to make sure, can you repeat your email again? My email is info at ilsuccess.com. IL success? Like I love, but short for IL. And this is gonna nag you the whole fucking year in your inbox. I wanna thank you for your time. I wanna thank you so much to Brian for the opportunity to come and speak here. I'm truly happy to meet people that wanna make their best of their lives. And don't get me wrong, I like to work really hard to my goals, to have no excuses and all of that. But I also learned when I was bullied and I, when I didn't believe in myself to be kind. So be kind to others. And be kind to yourself. And go after what you want. Thank you so much.